Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Shiki Podcast. We are your hosts, Alexandra Gumbert and Isabel King. Together, we bring you Shiki, where chic meets cheeky, creating the perfect cocktail. For anyone out there listening right now, I met Katarina's daughter, Fabiana, freshman year in college. And ever since, we've lived together at school. Super, super close. Fab, if you're listening, I love you so much. Anyways, I was at their lovely home in Morristown, New Jersey, chatting with Miss Castaldo about my skin. And in that very moment, I remember feeling this instant connection where I didn't really have to explain much. She just, you know understood what was happening and told me to come down to her office the next morning and she told me she was going to take care of me and my skin and so she took me under her wing and ever since that day I always hoped I'd find a career that I can make people feel as good as she made me feel so that's kind of what brought us to asking you to be on here today and share your story with us but you know there's so many ways to help people and like for me it's a natural I guess maybe it's a need that you have for your own self and I think that you can relate to those people because you know that inner view is coming through it's not nobody taught you how to be that way you know it's something that you feel and you have that certain sense that that person needs that nurturing and needs you know that 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 embracing that that one person that person that you think that you know they oh they have everything you know you you you, you know they have everything so why should you reach out to them? You don't know that. You don't know people, okay? I have people that walk in through my door that it's shocking sometimes how sad they are. And, you know, money does not bring happiness at all. And especially when you think about, you know, oh, let me go take care of my skin. And that's really for for people that have money or to go to a spa. Those are for people that have money. You can't. No, it isn't, you know, because at the end of there are places like that where it's like they don't really care about you. They just want you in and they want you out. Absolutely. I choose not to work that way because I feel that we all need each other. And to me, it's important to build that with those relationships because you never know sometimes what comes out of your mouth that you can probably save someone's life. Just that little one thing that you might have said to them changed them or made them think some, think differently about, about what they, they were thinking of before they saw you. Mm-hmm. So nothing in life is a coincidence. And I feel, I feel connected to, you know, I'm also a very spiritual person. So I feel that we gravitate to that and you sense it and you feel it because in, in a work, in an industry, whether you're doing a service or whatever you decide to do, it's important to connect with that because people will sense that. You need to connect with, with what you are doing because it, it, it will exude out of you. It will come through you instead of like doing something just for money. 
it's so hard to not be attracted to a job because of how much money you make and obviously the opposite of that you know not wanting to do something because of how not great of pay it is so if it wasn't for money how did you get started with being an esthetician I always felt like I did this I try to make someone feel better because I needed to feel better if that makes any sense yeah and I shared that, that the, you know, the pain that I felt inside of me to make someone smile. And I automatically felt so much better. So selfishly, maybe that's how it became. I don't know. But yeah. it was something obviously that was within me to make someone feel better. Like to me, this was considered more of a hobby where I just enjoyed that because I would run away from, from what my misery was or what what was sad to me and i found myself gravitating to to something that was pretty or something that was beautiful or something that smelled beautiful i gravitated to that where it made me feel better and at the same time i was expressing how i felt about someone else that oh no you can look better if you did this or you did that you can look so much better. So it just came through me that way. Mm-hmm. And to me, I found everyone to be beautiful. And you could always make someone feel better about themselves. You can express life and you can have them talk to you. And I'm not a therapist, you know, I'm not, they're not coming in. But human connection brings out the best or the worst in people. I think that's a really great point you have there about human connection and what it means to people. And no doubt the pandemic has forced people to have to sit with themselves. Um, But I am wondering in a business that is so customer facing and, you know, intimate with your clients, how has that affected you? When the pandemic pandemic started, I, I, I was lost because I, I, I missed my, my clients. I missed talking to them. I miss reminiscing, you know, different things and talking about life. And, you know, and, and it was something that I realized how much as humans, we need each other. And as women, we need each other even more and to be supportive of women instead of having, instead of women being jealous of women. I hate that people that are jealous over someone else's success why 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 would you be jealous of someone else's success you know they worked hard to to get to where they need to be in life you know you should embrace that and you should you know you you should should be happy for for people that (laughs) are stepping up and they're doing something and, and they could be great role models opposed to, you know, looking at, you know, um, magazines and expecting, you know, uh, you're going to look like that person in that magazine, mm-hmm. you know, especially for all of us, you know, whether it's weight, whether it's our skin, whether it's you're too short or you're too tall or whatever, you know, or, you know, it's like. We're all beautiful people. We're here in this world to to leave something good of us behind. And not just take. You need to give back. And whatever it is that you can give back, do it. 
Do it. Some people don't like, you know, when you telling me, Alex, that you didn't want to share any of that about your skin, it was something that obviously you were in such distress about it that it was it was coming out of you without you even having to speak. Yeah, I remember that moment and you just really like you didn't I could just see it in your eyes too. You were just like just come downstairs tomorrow morning. Like I'm going to take care of you and I just remember like I was like, "Oh my god." Like I just wanted to cry. And you know what? And I have had so many young women, young boys, you know, women in general, men in general, they feel the same way. You know, they just haven't been able to talk about it or they hide behind it. Or, you know, it's very sad, though, because, again, you know, it's not like some people are not trying to to do better for themselves or try to get the help. But it's never been it's always a taboo where you you have something like that. Oh, I'm destined to have that or you know, my family has that, or, you know, you know, this is just the way it's going to be. No, it isn't. You know, there's different approaches to your body. It's your body trying to tell you something. And we need to pay attention though, too. And our skin especially is a, um, is a mirror image of us, of what's happening in our lives. Okay, we're going to backtrack for a minute because I feel that it's really important that people understand, you know, your personal story more from the very beginning because you're such a beautiful, passionate soul. Um, So do you mind sharing, you know, your upbringing a little bit? Absolutely. Well, when I, um, I was originally, I was born in Italy. I was born in, um, in Cusaforte Udine, which is north, north of, um, in, of Italy, and uh, it's up by um, by Venice. So I came to wow. this country when I was about nine, or eight, eight and a half, or nine, I think. And you know, big family. Uh, we lived in New York, Brooklyn, and we, um, you know, immigrants coming to this country, which was, you know, it was difficult for my family. You know, my mom was. You know, we spoke not one word of English, so we had to kind of just, you know, you know, deal with whatever was thrown at us. You know, it was not a lot of things were not to our favor at that time, not being able to speak the language and people making fun of you. And, you know, my mom was also, you know, they're very strict Italians that that, um, you know, I was the oldest girl had two older brothers, but I was the third girl in which a lot of responsibility came to me. And I had to, you know, do a lot and learn and be become very domesticated at a very young age because I had no other choice. And that's just the way it was. I really didn't have like a childhood that I, I would say I had my friends and, you know, I, I, I did all, yeah, I, I couldn't because I, I had to help my mother. That was just the way it was. So when we came, when we lived in Brooklyn, was not always the best situation because the schools were not the greatest. So, you know, my mom didn't believe in a lot of that. She believed that you stayed home and helped. So I had to really fight my way to, to be educated because it was not something that they were 
favoring. It's just that they didn't know that's, you know, that's their world. That's the world that they came from. You know, you need to, to be very domesticated. You need to be able to provide for a family. So at a very young age, I was taking care of my brothers and sisters and that's just the way it was. And, um, and you didn't question that because you just didn't know any better. So you had to do whatever your parents said. And I'm one of seven. So, um, Wow. A big family that you had to, you know, you didn't mess around in, th- in those days. You know, you you accepted whatever your parents had to say and you had to do what your parents wanted you to do. Mm-hmm. So for me, like, again, when I say to you that I had, you know, my friends really were things that I loved, which was beautiful things. And I've always kind of hid away from all from 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 everyone where I enjoyed, you know, makeup and I enjoyed um, having my little stash where, where I would hide things. So, you know, cause my, I wasn't allowed to wear anything. So, but it was something that I found very amusing and it was only from my own um, play. I don't know what, whatever you want to call, call it. You know, it was something that I found very uh, relaxing for me. And uh, because I always, I had a lot of responsibility and I really didn't know how to be or having friends or, or doing things. I mean, you girls today have had a major experience in life where I, you know, I didn't, I had to take care of my brothers and sisters. So my, my, my escape was playing with makeup when I would have like a few dollars, I would go and buy certain things and I would hide them. And, and I would like, you know, lined them up perfectly. So no one would touch them and I would hide them from my mother. So she wouldn't throw it away. So as time went on and we moved to, um, New Jersey, we moved to West Caldwell. That's when, you know, it was time for me, you know, I mean, school was important, but it was never important enough for my mother, you know? So I had to, again, fight my way to, to, to educate myself. And, um, I did and, um, not easy, but I I managed. And as time went on, I just found my, my world. I actually worked for corporate uh, a, a corporation. I don't know whether you're familiar with Rico, a Japanese company. See, that's so surprising to me because I feel like you don't strike me as like a corporate woman. Um, but what was your role there? I was working in their purchasing department and then I left there and I went to work for NBC in the purchasing department. So I had what you call a job, like a respectful job. And and that was great and wonderful. And, um, and I learned a lot, but then there was always that little side of me that, that like, I just had a job for the hell of having a job and getting a paycheck. I need to stop you. Cause I think this is so important. Can you share your opinion on going corporate after school? corporate world was never my world, you know, because I was a very free spirit type of person. And I enjoyed the beauty of things. I didn't enjoy sitting in an office and pushing paper around and pretending that I'm doing something that's great for the world. (laughs) You know, it was, it was nothing 
that I really, that was me. I just did it because it was in those, at that time, it was acceptable. I mean, you had a great job and, you know, I was going into New York and, you know, all of that. And, um, but then, you know what, I realized that that is not the world I wanted. And um, how old were you when you realized this? I realized that in, I would say around 26, 27, because I also, you know, I had, um, my life was, was changing. And um, the people I came across at that time, friends, and, and they would say to me, Kat, this is not you, you know, you need to follow what, what comes natural to you. And I was like, I couldn't understand, like, I couldn't figure out, you know, because I never saw that, like me helping my friends with their hair, with their makeup, or doing things that I saw that as, um, as a job. I never saw that as that. I, I saw that as, you know, my friends would go out because I never could afford to go out, you know, so they would come to my place and I would um, and I would make their, you know, I would do their hair, I would do their makeup. And it was, you know, someone said to me, you really should. This is so natural for you that this is what you should be going into. This is what is you. And I was like, what? You know, do this for a living? What do you mean? Make money from this? Never to think that it was always there. I just <laughs> didn't. It didn't connect in, in it. And I then I was like, well, maybe I should try. And I. I, I, I decided, okay, you know what, I'm going to do this. I, I was going to work in the morning. I, I would go to NBC in the morning and then I would go to, um, Christine Valmay, not Christine Valmay, Capri Institute at night. So I did that for about a year and a half, two years. I would come home. I would go to work get to work by 8.30 in New York City, leave at four so I can be, I can take classes at six o'clock back in New Jersey until 10 o'clock at night. And I would do this every day. And, and then Saturday, I would do a full day. So in order for me to get a cosmetology license, and it was, I mean, you're talking about you're at a certain age that you're like, no, you know, I'm sitting with 18 year olds, you know, and I'm like, and they're totally like crazy. And I'm over here negotiating contracts during the day. And then at night I'm sitting with 18 year olds, you know, like, you know, listening to all their drama where I'm like, this is like really serious for me, you know, and I'm, and I'm, but I did it. I did it. And then once I got my cosmetology license, uh, I mean, by the way, I was very good in my class because it, I really didn't have to work that hard. It, again, it came to me like it was like riding a bicycle, learning for me and getting my certification and my my cosmetology license was just as natural as natural can be. So at this point, you're all licensed. You have all the certifications that you need. How was the transition from this point to kind of where you are today with your own practice? I know that's such a long journey, but um, kind of like following up after getting all your licenses. It was like, it was almost like planned. I cannot even tell you how 
it all came about, but it was like, it was waiting for me to just line myself up and things just started happening. And that's what it was. And it was like, I can get paid for this. Something I really enjoy. It was like, it was surreal. Right. And that was 32 years ago that I say to this day, I am never as enthusiastic as I was then I am more now. So again, it's not something that, that I felt like I needed. Yeah. I needed to work hard because it's hard work, but it wasn't like working hard and saying, Oh my God, I hate to go to my job today. Right. It was just a beautiful, beautiful feeling. And then, of course, I I got married and I had my children. So now, you know, the dynamics of things were more difficult because I had to, you know, also raise my children and I had to work. And guess what? Opening a business? Really? What? You know, like it was never again in my in my thoughts that I dreamed this, that this is what I was going to be. Mm -hmm. It just happened once you connect with that. You, I cannot stress how things just fall into place. And I'll give you like a simple, a simple um, situation. I, my car needed, there was something going on with my car with the radio or something. And my brothers, and, cause this was in Caldwell and the school was in Pinebrook. And my brothers told me, go take it to Sam Sound. They should have a, um, a place. Uh, talk to this guy. I'm sure that he can help you out to fix your car, the, the radio in your car. So I go in and obviously I had my smock on from Christine Balmay. And the guy just looked at me and he goes, um, do you go to, um, to beauty school or, you know, to, to, I said, no, I'm here at Christine Balmay. And um, I'm here. My brother recommended me to come to you. And he goes, I, it's so interesting that you came in here today. I want to show you something that I have. Now, I've never met this person. Nothing. He brings me upstairs to his office and he had the entire equipment, the entire equipment for aesthetics, the chair, all the machines. I mean, you could not like plan this okay the guy had everything and I'm like oh my god I'm like you know why is it do listen he, I said to him why why do you have this and he goes listen I had a spa that I was I invested in and they weren't doing well so I'm trying to to sell this but as you can see it hasn't even been used and I'm going oh my god are you kidding and I'm like you know, I'm not even done with Christy Maumee yet, okay? And this just to give you an idea, I went to get my, my radio fixed, and this guy is showing me this whole set that, that worth thousands of dollars. And I said, listen, I, you know, this is great, but like, I don't even have a job. You know, I can't even afford this, you know? He goes to me, just give me a number. You can pay me whatever you like monthly. And I was like, what? And I was like in total shock. My entire like cabine treatment, like with machinery, 
you know, the sequestration or all the things that I need to start out, he had it in his office. And that was the beginning where I worked, um, you know, at the time, Mr. Castaldo worked, you know, I, I, he had a little room in front of his, um, his house where he was living in, in Passaic Park, that I put everything there because we were planning on getting married at the time. And I was like, oh my God, I can start seeing like clients. And I started seeing, of course, family, because <laughs> I have plenty of those. Okay. So, um, and that's how it all began. It was, it got to the point that I was so busy in, in, in his house where clients were coming in and my family and their friends where I'm like, no, 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 no. I've got to like find a place now because this is like, I can't like have this. So how things just came about, it just happened. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's almost like, you know, crazy things, really crazy things. And, and another thing that happened was um, when I was ready to, you know, I was looking for a place. I said, you know, this girl, that collected a lot of antique things and she says you know there's a person that's selling this really pretty chandelier I think you should really go look at it and I'm already thinking well I need a chandelier for my waiting area I don't have a waiting area but I thought of a chandelier for my waiting area before the the the, the waiting area was born <laughs> That's how crazy things would just would happen. Like doors would open to what I was all about. Mm -hmm. Things just happen and they will happen because I, I, I can't explain it any other way. Like I, I wasn't, I didn't dream about this. I didn't say I'm going to be this skincare person in my life. I was just trying to make a living you know, I, I kind of felt worthless there for a while, you know, because not finding who you are and not having a direction and not knowing who you are because you're, you're trying to be the good kid all the time, trying to make your parents happy, mm -hmm. you know, and doing all the things that they want you to do. Meanwhile, you have no idea who you are, you know, never give up on, on something that is, is you, that's an expression of you. And, and I think, that's really what comes out of me when I do work mm -hmm. because, you know, mm -hmm. I put myself in their position and I want to be treated with respect and I want to be treated right, you know, and I want to be cared, cared about. And I think we all go through that in life where we feel kind of rejected and then you know, we have to find something that really helps us feel good. Absolutely. And for me, you know, it was always there and I just needed to find it. Wow. That's, it's crazy how everything just aligned as soon as you took this risk on yourself. And I remember in the beginning, you were saying how um, there was maybe, I don't know what word you used. It was a lot of stuff going on in your life that you were able to kind of escape in a sense. And this was one of your out, like this was an outlet for you. Yes. Um, outlet was, was being around beautiful things, things that just made me happy and made me smile. And that was like, I felt, I found comfort in that, 
you know, we I found comfort in 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 a red lipstick. You know what I mean? I found comfort in that. Whether I put it on me or not, I found comfort in looking at it and opening it and looking at it and playing with it. I felt beautiful. Mm-hmm. I felt beautiful and I felt I was in control of that. And I think it was something that I owned and I owned up to it. It was something real for me. Maybe that, those were, were my little angels there making me feel better. I don't know. You know, you know, you never know why certain things come in your life, you know, or certain things like some people f- feel wonderful being around beautiful flowers. They make them feel beautiful, mm-hmm. you know, or something or having, you know, their house looking beautiful because they feel they they want they're exuding that they want everyone to share that you know like I I'm, I put the same effort into my home because I love you know being around beautiful things and I want to share and want everyone to feel that way feel like we deserve it you know we deserve to feel beautiful we deserve to to you know to indulge in that and not feel guilty about it because there's a guilt that's always put on us, you know, you know, that, you know, they make you, you're selfish about it. If you care more about yourself, if you take care of yourself more, or you're just being so selfish, all you care is about yourself. No, it's God gave me this and I want to preserve it. And I want to feel good. And I, by me feeling good, I am going, whatever I choose to do in my life is going to be with, with harmony and goodness because I feel good. Mm-hmm. And I think that was what, I don't know if that was something that I needed to do because I didn't have friends. I didn't have a life. I didn't have anything. I was just, you know, you know, a kid that was trying to please her parents. And no matter what I did, it was never good enough. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it was never good enough. So I needed my escape. Just like some people have their escape doing drugs or, you know, doing bad things because they need to lash out. That was my thing. Thank goodness. To me, it was important to get a job that it's a respectful job to say, you know, that, you know, I'm working for a company. It's a respectful job. I made something of myself, which I was like, what was I doing? I was doing nothing just but to please them. And it was nothing, nothing that was doing was doing for me. And then mm-hmm. as time went on, I started soul searching of myself, having people around me that saw things in me that said, you know what, you know, because in, in those days, you know, becoming, let's say, a cosmetologist did not have the same respect, especially in this country. You know, it was like, oh, you can be a hairdresser. They're, they're losers. You know, of course, that that's because that's what they envision you know that's what they saw oh you're gonna be one of those you know because if you look at hairdressers they're freaking weird and all that so I didn't want to I didn't want to be one of those because that's not who I am so but you know when I just decided that I don't care I'm gonna do something that makes me happy I could work with my hands and my creativity I can create things I can make someone feel great they look wonderful that's what inspired me. And that was a great feeling for me because I was doing something that was more natural to me than, than being something I'm not. I found myself. I really did found myself when I started just being me and embracing 
things that I love and not making any apologies for it. I One of the things that I chose was I never dated an Italian guy because I thought I'm going to be, if I, if I marry one of them, I'm going to be ruined. I'm going to be backwards. I'm going to go backwards again because I come from that. And that was one of the things that I was like, I dated a Japanese guy for a couple of years where he was also incredibly encouraging to me. And it was wonderful. And he supported me in that. And then, you know, obviously that moved, that moved on. But my husband that I'm that that I never thought he was Italian to begin with. <laughs> I um I, I I was like, you know, because I never wanted to date an Italian because I I feared them. I feared them to think that I am gonna be this barefoot and pregnant woman that has no life. All she does is take care of the kids and clean the house. And I was, I had really like, I was traumatized by that because I needed to be my own person. I needed to have my own wealth. I needed to be independent that I don't need to rely on you. And one of the things that I put in my head was never, ever to depend on a man to live ever. That's one thing ever, Mm -hmm. ever to depend on a man to live. And that was really another thing that forced me. To, to be able to provide for myself, no matter what. So if I don't like the circumstances, I can freaking walk away, you know, because I just felt like I needed to be in control because I didn't want to be a victim and to be put in a situation because now I have no choice. Now I have kids, so I have no choice. Now. It was from one thing led to another where I needed to be independent and to be my own person. And I think that was important to me because you know I did not want someone to dictate to me how to live and what am I gonna do and 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 to have somebody put me down or to belittle me or whatever because I know that I will walk away. Thank you so much again for sharing your personal story with us as well as the best skincare tips you offered. We cannot wait to do this again with you. Okay, listeners, if you have any additional questions that we didn't address on here, you can find Katerina on her business Instagram. It's at Belleza underscore C. That's at B-E-L-L-E-Z-Z-A underscore S-I. All right, everyone, that will be it for today's episode. If you found anything helpful from today's conversation, we would love to know your favorite part. So connect with us on social media. We can be found on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all with the username at the Shiki Social. Thank you for listening, and we will see you on the next one. And don't forget to stay Shiki.